Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Friends, we have three beautiful readings today. The first one is from 2 Kings 24. And it tells the story of King Jehoiakim, who only reigns for three months and gets captured. And the story tells mostly the debacle of what happens in Jerusalem. He is the 18th king of Judah, the southern king. And we see what happens when our heart turns away from doing what is good, from following what is true and what is beautiful. We create destruction first in our hearts, but then that starts to come from inside and create destruction on the outside. Then we have a psalm, Psalm 79, that speaks about the destruction of Jerusalem. And there's nothing beautiful about that because it's actually something that took so long. It was the dream of King David and King Solomon and the actions of these kings that are misaligned with the best that they have inside of themselves creates this destruction. And the psalm tells that kind of lamentation and asks that God deliver us uh, for the glory of his name. And then we come to a reading from Matthew 7, where Jesus is talking to the disciples in a harsh way. He's saying, not everyone who says, Lord, will enter the kingdom. In fact, you need to put action to the words. If you show that you care, if you show that you love, if you show that you worship, then don't do, do it just with words, do it with actions. So the beauty of these readings is that they ask us the question of the day, and it is, what are you giving authority over in your life? Do your words become actions? Do you have authority over your life? That means that you're living from a place of belief that is actionable and that puts what's good and what's true and what's beautiful at the forefront. What are you focused on building? These are beautiful questions, and they can come from harsh realities. We are in the midst of a pandemic, as we keep saying, because it's such a real thing. We see all these cases that are rising here in Houston. We have all these numbers that are going higher, and we can create beauty out of these difficulties if we know how to align our hearts with what is good, what is true, and what is beautiful. The first reading today is from 2 Kings 24, verses 8 through 17. It tells the story of Jehoiakim, who was 18 years old when he begins to reign, and he gets to reign only for three months. The Bible tells us that he did evil in the sight of the Lord, just as his forebears had done. And the rest of the story tells us that Nebuchadnezzar II, who is king of Babylon, attacks Jerusalem, puts the city under siege, arrives himself in the city as the city is really being destroyed, and takes Jehoiakim, his mother, his ministers, his officers and functionaries who surrender. And they all are carried along with the treasures of the temple and the palace and everything that Solomon had built for it, including gold things and beautiful things. And they're all deported out of Jerusalem, 10,000 of them, including 
all the people who knew how to build and they are left with nothing in the city. And it says the mothers, the wives, the functionaries, everybody is led as captives, all 7,000 and all the craftsmen, the trained soldiers who come up to be 10,000. So the majority of the reading today is about the debacle that took place because Jehokim did not focus on the truth, did not align himself with God as his main source for working out the difficulties that he had. And he was a young king and relied on his own resources and it didn't go very well for him. We have to remember that the the, um, area is between Babylon and Egypt. And these two great forces are fighting with each other and Judah and Israel are right in the middle. That's why they're called, this region is called the Middle East. And the kings keep switching alliances between paying tribute to Babylon and paying tribute to Egypt. And they keep, they keep getting captured. These last kings didn't want to rely on God for support. And the Bible tells us that during the next king's reign, Zechariah, who is the uncle of Jehoiakim, actually the temple is completely destroyed. So what we learn is that we may be inheriting some of my amazing things and we can lose them very quickly if we are not careful with aligning ourselves with the mission that is interesting, entrusted to us and to act with God on our side. It's very easy, especially in times of hardship. We can imagine if these two forces are coming through the land to begin to think that we can take things into our own hands and this king loses it all and ends up captured. So we come right into the psalm for today, which is a psalm about the destruction of, of Jerusalem. It's Psalm 79, and it's a lamentation that says, Nations have come into your inheritance. They've defiled your temple laid Jerusalem in ruins. There's corpses everywhere as food for birds and the flesh of your faithful ones for the beasts of the earth. And the refrain that is repeated is, for the glory of your name, O Lord, deliver us. So there's people around us that when we are at our very worst and we're doing things that we know best not to do, can still be speaking truth and goodness and beauty into our lives. And definitely, this is the time when Jeremiah, the great prophet, kept talking to the kings, and they were not listening at all. And these psalms that are written are calling on God's assistance and God's help in really telling the destruction that is happening all around. So they continue saying they've poured out their blood like water around Jerusalem. There's no one to bury them. They have become the reproach of our neighbors. How long will you be angry with us? Will jealousy burn like fire? With the pandemic, we have stories from many different countries that have had spikes in COVID-19 and they haven't been able to address the dead quickly and properly. And this story talks about that kind of devastation because of war, but we are experiencing kind of a health war where those images are real and we've seen them on television 
So when we see these kind of devastation in our world, we can use these refrains as well. For the glory of your name, O Lord, deliver us as a prayer of alignment and a prayer of reconciliation. And this is sort of our priestly. Yesterday we were talking about our prophetic role. And today we can talk about our priestly role in the world. That means that through our prayer and our petition, we can transform the things that are around us by elevating them to God and the altar of heaven. The story continues in the psalm. Remember not against us the iniquities of the past. May your compassion quickly come to us, for we are brought very low. And sometimes we have to come very low in our life in order to be able to raise our eyes again when we've taken things into our own hands and we rely on God's compassion. But sometimes we want to do it on our own. And this King Jehoiakim definitely did that and in a very short time lost everything that had been built before him. So the psalm ends, for the glory of your name, uh, help us, O God, our Savior, because we need deliverance and pardon for our sins. So we can use this psalm as a prayer for our moment as well, that God may remember us as we are fighting for a solution to this virus, that he may help us. He is Jehovah Rapha, the great healer, that he may heal our country and our world from all the evils that we are experiencing right now. Health, finance, social, political health, Lord, is what we are praying. Please do so. Save us and deliver us in your most holy name, Jesus. Amen. When we come to the gospel, Matthew 7, verses 21 through 29, Jesus says to the disciples, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So he's telling us, don't just be a mouthpiece. Don't just talk and say words. Only the one who does the will of the Father. And the key word is does. So Jesus wants us to be people of action. And to have action, we have to have focus. We have to know what to focus on. Otherwise, our action becomes random and it doesn't have proper results. So Jesus tells us, do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that we align with the commandments. And the commandments are these sort of rules that we've talked about that are written in our hearts. And they're written in our hearts to give us freedom for right action and to free us from the strife that comes when we do what is not good or beautiful or true, as we see in the story of Jehokaim. So it's beautiful to know what to do, and it is also beautiful to know what not to do. Jesus continues, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? So you're doing actions of prophecy. Did you not? Did I not drive demons in your name? Somebody that knows how to do that is doing action. Did we not do my deeds? But Jesus tells them solemnly, he declares, I never knew you. Depart from me. Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like the man who is wise and built his house on rock. So what were these people missing that did all these things? These things were of action. So first, Jesus tells us uh, action is, is important, but it's only action if it's aligned with the will of the Father. And he gives the story of the builders on different kinds of terrain. The wise man builds it on rock, and the rain falls, the floods come, the winds blow, and buffet the house, but it doesn't collapse because it's built solidly on rock. So everyone who listens to these, raw, to these words 
but doesn't act on them is like a fool who builds a house in sand. And the rain falls, the floods come, the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it and then it was it was ruined and it collapsed. So when Jesus finished these words, it says the crowds were astonished. And they were astonished because he taught without authority, not just like the scribes. And so what is different? Jesus spoke having not only internalized these things, but also externalized them by living them. He was allowing the divine grace of who he is to flow without any obstacles for love. And those are the things that are missing in the people that prophesize or drive out demons or do mighty deeds in Jesus' name, but do not do the will of the Father, which is to love, to do whatever we are doing with the authority of love, to know that our actions have to come from a core that has that goodness and that beauty and that truthfulness as the driving force for all the action. So as we ponder on our question for today about having authority over our lives and about being focused on building something, let us take a moment of self-reflection to know if what we are trying to build is coming from that core of love and if what we are acting on is coming from a core that considers the will of the Father as the center. If that is the case, write it down and become laser focused so that your actions can flow as Jesus invites us and be built on solid rock.